And we are back. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Hive Button Podcast. I hope you're enjoying the weather out there in Halifax on this beautiful Tuesday. Today on the Hive Button Podcast, we have Parker Deegan. Parker and I actually played on the same beer league team, I think, two, maybe three years ago. Uh, We got to know each other through then and then also through mutual friends. I looked up his hockey DB, his elite prospects. Turns out he was a bit of a stud back in the day. I guess not back in the day. He only stopped playing like two years ago. A little bit about his resume here. He played in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League for the Prince Edward Island Rocket. Also playing in the Maritime Junior A Hockey League for the Summerside Western Capitals. Also playing in the U Sports, or I guess AUS back then, uh, for St. Mary's. And then after that, moving on to the Newfoundland League, playing for the Clearville, not Clearville, uh, Clarenville Caribou. So, guy's a bit of a stud. I'm going to give you a little bit more info right here about the 2010-2011 year he had with the Summerside Western Capitals. In one year, get this, he won the league with his team, with Summerside. He was also on the first team All-Star, and he was also the top defenseman with the most assists and the top defenseman with the most points. So that kind of gives you a little bit of background about Parker and the capabilities that he has on the ice. When we were playing beer league with him, the guy could do essentially whatever he wanted to do out there as a defenseman. So I'm excited to talk to Parker. He's also in the real estate game here in the Maritime, so I'm excited to talk to him about that. It's going to be a great episode, all right? I'm Justin. We're talking to Parker. This is the High Button Podcast. You know what comes next. Here we go. A couple. All right, Parker, we're going. Deegs, how oh, are you? We're ready to go. I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. <laughs> you're, dope, but you're nervous. I'm a little nervous. Relax. I'm a little nervous. I haven't been on the spot like this in a long time. When was, have you been interviewed a lot in your career? Looking at your DB or your elite prospects, it looks like you have been. Uh, yeah, probably, you know, a couple of times I've been out of the game now for a little while, but I'm just looking up here now, try to how do you get remember fi- where I played. How do you get 57 assists in Summerside? <laughs> how do you do that? Uh, power play, uh, hitting Nathan Rosh and Trevor Carmichael down low for tap-ins. That's, okay. how, that's how you do that. There you go. Half clappers from the point. <laughs> that's all, that's all that is, man. Let's start at the beginning. How was it playing in Notre Dame? Where is that again? That's up in... Um, Notre Dame is up in Wilcox, yeah. Saskatchewan. Just a, a little tiny prairie town. It's a hockey uh, hub there, though, isn't it's it? It's a that hockey school hub. Is... Yeah, man. It was, I was very lucky to kind of... Yeah. Uh, when I was younger, I guess, um, they, I guess they saw the the skill, or I, I don't know what they saw, but anyway, I got, I got the opportunity to go up there whenever I was in grade nine, which is, so how old which is, is nuts. Nine? Uh, when I think back on it, like letting my kid go away in grade nine, but, um, yeah, I think my mom probably <laughs> cried for months on end whenever I left, but, um, yeah, we went up there me and Chris Doyle and Logan McMillan. You know, yeah. And all those names. Yeah. 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 Logan. He played for the Mooseheads, didn't played he? Played for the Mooseheads, yeah. drafted first round. Anaheim, so. right? Yeah, man. Yeah. He, he went up there and he played midget triple A and then me and Doyle played Bantam triple A up there. Okay. Um, lived in a dorm with the boys in grade Jesus. nine like made me grow up pretty quickly but um it was crazy man like literally in the middle of nowhere um you could see so probably regina is probably like 45 minute away 30 minutes away yeah it's so flat you can see the towers no you can see all the towers yeah man you can see your dog run away for a week that's what they used to say <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible yeah wow yeah so i was up there in grade nine my roommates were guy by the name of jordan eberly no sure, way sure you heard of him and uh zach ronaldo no fucking way and then alex touchette touchette I don't know, I don't know that. he played in the queue for four or five years and then i think he played u of ottawa and then maybe went over to like that france that france professional league or french professional league okay whatever, yeah, yeah 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 good guy like man it was it was pretty crazy going up there though playing in the maritimes and then you know, you, you think you're something, right? You think yeah. you're pretty good playing PB, PB AAA yeah. here. And, yeah. like, I was fortunate enough. PB AAA went to Atlantics. And, um, geez, I think I got, like, second team all-star. Like, was pretty good player, like, in Wee and coming up. And yeah. then I go out there, and I'm, like, fucking lucky to make the team. Really? Like, oh, yeah, there was guys that got cut from the AAA team that – Played in the dub, played pro. Was Eberle a step ahead of everyone? He was one of the better <laughs> players there back then? It would have been him – Doyle, I'm sure you can probably click on the stats there. For first a year, team, second for year. A team. Yeah, first year. It'll probably show you the stats for that team. Well, Eberle's leading the points. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah, wow. He was. So it was oh, Eberle and then Ryland Schwartz, who's Jaden Schwartz's older brother. Yeah. He's a stud too, man. He, I think he played over in Germany. Or, what was Ronaldo? Like, was he a little shit back then too? Man, he fought like 
he's he fought like 10 times in and under 15 oh yeah there was fights man like up there you want to see like crazy hockey fans you think their parents i guess i should say like yeah. going in to play moose jaw warriors band a major we'd have people throwing stuff at us yelling at us That's under 15 under 15 so like we i remember one fight specifically i guess with uh zach ronaldo he fought some <laughs> i don't know some little rat on moose mountain was a team and uh <laughs> He used to have this style. He still kind of does it where he grab the guy and just spin. Yeah, yeah, Pull yeah, him yeah. in and just feed him uppercuts. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he uh, he was quite the quite the <laughs> shell up there, man. And then Were your parents up there? Did they ever visit you? Like, did they know the <laughs> yeah. environment that you were in where there's people, like, heckling your Oh, 14? yeah, my dad. Lo- well, my dad would love that shit. Like, <laughs> what are you okay? All right. <laughs> he's a pretty – He's a, he loves his sports. And, not, and he wasn't that hard on me, but he was definitely uh, – he was definitely pretty competitive, kind of a suck it up mentality and tough enough. Old school or, mentality. Yeah, just you know, our parents, your parents, probably yeah. the same. Just kind of come from that generation of, yeah. you know, he he grew up pretty poor and, you know, worked for everything he had, and yeah. you know, you're gonna complain about somebody yelling something at you, like, come on, yeah, get over it, right? That's a good point. But uh, yeah, man, Notre Dame was crazy. Like in grade nine, like to be up there, like we played in so many big tournaments. Played against like California Wave and how'd you travel? Calgary bus Edge. or fly? Uh, bus mostly. Yeah. yeah. What was a California trip like? We didn't play them in California. We played California Wave. Um, where did we play them? We played them at the Kamloops has like this big Bantam tournament that's supposedly like the biggest Bantam tournament in uh, Wow Canada. Jeez, man, you're you're taking me down memory lane here. Let's go down. I'm not, not going to remember all this stuff. That was great nine. That's 2003 or 2004. But Jesus. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's it's it, it's pretty crazy. Like now that I'm almost 30, and I I, I kind of forget that this even yeah. happened. Like, do you ever reach out to Everly anytime soon? Like, no, if you reach out to him, like, hey, buddy, remember your roommate <laughs> in grade nine? No, like we we kind of kept in touch probably like up until junior. Yeah. Like just briefly through like Facebook or we played Halo Halo against each other online and stuff like that back in the day when Halo was cool. Right on. I don't know if it still is. I don't play video games, but um, but yeah, no, not really. Like I don't know if I would really feel comfortable. I don't blame you doing that. <laughs> I like, don't blame you. And he probably big big league me anyway. But so what was the decision to come back to the Maritimes and play Maritime Junior A Hockey League? Um, you just missed home. Not really. Like. I did like it's it's a weird experience you know to go away at such a young age like you don't really have like you know you look at you yourself maybe you went to high school you played you were junior high you kind of had your group of friends you had your people that are your boys and stuff like that whereas I was through grade 9 to 12 I went to four different high schools because of hockey because of hockey so it, it was just like a different experience but um one of the main reasons I came back like I played first year midget up there okay and I actually tried out for the Caps that year as well in grade 10. Okay. And I almost made the team. They were going to try to get, like, exceptional status for me. Yeah. Um, but I actually tore my hip flexor. So I was like, I'm going to be out two to three months for sure. Like, I could literally couldn't even walk upstairs. It was brutal. Let me ask you a quick question because I'm, I'm going with something right now with my hip. Yeah. How do you fix a hip flexor? Don't say surgery. No, 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 no. No, it's not surgery at all. What um, is it? It's uh, literally you just can't move. Don't walk upstairs. That was like the main advice. Go okay. Away. So the fact that I can walk, maybe I didn't tear my hip flexor. You might not. Have. You might have just strained it. But like in the morning, I can barely get out of bed, man. Because like, I don't move. Like I'm, I'm sleeping for eight hours, so it's stiff. Yeah. In the morning's the worst. But as soon as I wake up in the morning, I'm taking two Advil and then like two, uh, no, two. I'm taking one muscle relaxer. And then I'm running, I'm rubbing like <laughs> eight, four, five, three, five <laughs> yeah, on my hip. Don't do nothing, man. But on. I got to call my doctor. I'm just dying. Yeah, you should get in and get it looked at. But like hip but, flexors are like one of those weird, like your muscles are like that big. And especially like hockey players, like the way it was explained to me is whenever you talk you're, you're, yeah. you're sorry, yeah, you're crouched down all the time, right? Yeah. So like a normal person's hip flexor could be, you know, three to five inches, whereas hockey players are like that big. Yeah. So whenever they tear, they're, you know, it's it's just brutal and they're more calm to tear whenever you're uh, whenever you're playing hockey. But it's it's yeah. killing me right now when I get up out of something. Like if I got up out of this chair, yeah. It would hurt. Oh go on. But it's been it's it's going on for two weeks. So like if it's going on next week, I'm like I gotta call someone. You should go see somebody, but I don't but know that's, if you get in anybody. That, but right that's now. that's the thing. You call someone and you can't even get in. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, I interrupted you. No, you tried man, you tried out good, for uh, major good. junior, but then you went back. Oh, and junior played. A, junior, junior A, junior A, sorry, junior A. But um, yeah, I tore my hip flexor, so I was like, all right, oh, well, I guess I'm just gonna go back to Notre Dame, and yeah. you know, school like at that time, like I was still pretty, I was thinking more NCAA route just because of the environment that I was in. Yeah. And, 
Um, a lot of guys around me were kind of thinking that way. And yeah. then, um, scouts and I wasn't like the superstar, right? Like a lot of yeah. guys, like they're getting scouted at grade nine and 10 for the Q draft coming up. And I just wasn't really on a lot of people's radars. I wasn't like a first rounder or second rounder. Yeah. Um, would you, so would you consider yourself a late bloomer? Because when you look at your stats in junior A, you're like, holy shit. Oh, big time, man. Like, I, I think it was late bloomer and then kind of just understanding, what my skills were yeah and like kind of a bit and kind of getting you know it's like a little arrogant little yeah. shit back then like was not like everybody you yeah. know and like just not really taking it as serious as i as i probably yeah. should have but i was like even my first year in junior when i was 16 i was like 5 10 buck 60 soaking wet <laughs> like and you had 107 penalty minutes yeah, well, I was always a little snappy, like, <laughs> there's, no, there's no doubt about that, but, like, I, I wasn't a tough guy, but I two-hand your spear or something like that, you know? Jeez. I guess uh, you got to make a name for yourself somehow at 16. Well, I was, like, I fought in training camp at 16, like, a couple times, like, it was just kind of the air, like, I, I, who was I talking about this with the other day, but I, whenever I played junior, like, I started at, like, it was still the fighting league like my first year in junior and even my second third year kind of started to change from like 19 to 20 into a more of like a a bit of a softer faster more skilled league well the q had that reputation too back then in like the 2006 2007 era yeah the q was like a tough league yeah it was you know it was it would have had like breck galant and like yeah you know he he was our captain my 18 year old year in summerside talk about brett if you don't mind because there's i remember coming into the junior a league and he was with summerside yeah maybe he wasn't like we were talking before yeah you were on the lions yeah so you would have been on the lions did you play with like wayner and like was chad lock on your team at the first of the year he was at the beginning i'm pretty sure and then we, we traded for him you okay. guys had Chad Locke and John MacArthur. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think MacArthur. Oh no, MacArthur wasn't on the team that year, so I I wasn't on that team that year. So that was eighteen. What, yeah, it would that would have been your first year after midget. Yeah, so he wasn't there. He was gone somewhere else. But I remember stories about guys just coming into the room, and be like, "You are so lucky you're coming into this league." And Brett Galant's <laughs> not in the league. You're so fucking lucky. Was, back then, same yeah. thing with me. I'm six foot one. Yeah. 50 maybe 70 on a good day oh, I, got some, I think i got some stories i kind of jotted down oh you got notes do you um well like <laughs> well, i just like it's so long ago man like i i literally just i don't talk hockey anymore oh, so fun. it's like it's just kind of bringing it up i don't talk like, real estate but we'll get into that yeah, later we'll too into yeah that, <laughs> oh, man. what's what do you have written down uh, i was just like all right my 18 year old year like that year like how summerside we kind of had it all like like, cause I played junior A 16 yeah, and then I went to the Q 17. Like we can even get into that, but like I got, anyway, I, I, <laughs> it, I it, uh, yeah, I had, a, I had a coach there that I liked and then he drafted me, he brought me up to Lac St. Jean and we did like training together for like a month in the okay. summer and okay. then two months into the season he got fired and they brought in a new guy, Guy Chouinard and he didn't speak English and, uh, do you speak French? No. So how's that supposed to work? hardly speak English, boy. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, uh, it didn't work well. It was, He didn't uh, see eye to eye to me, and, you know, I was getting lots of ice time leading up to that, and then yeah. as soon as he came in, it was just, like, down, down, down. And then as a young kid, I was kind of, like, you know, just a little pissed off. I felt like I deserved a little more, which, you know, in hindsight, you don't deserve shit. But, like, yeah. um, I basically asked for a trade. Yeah. And to this day, PEI Rockets still have my rights. They, to this day, to this day, brother. Yeah, they uh, <laughs> they wouldn't they wouldn't trade my rights away. No way. Um, and then Yannick John got hired in uh, Victoriaville, and he tried to trade for me. He's like, "We'll give you a fourth round pick or a fifth round pick or whatever." Like, I think I was a fourth round pick, so they're like, "We'll give you that back in return for Deegs." Yeah. And then like uh, Turk Gallant was coaching the St. John at the time, and he's like, "I'll give you a shot." Like, I just they got to release you, like, but they wouldn't release me. Out of spite, like why? Wouldn't at, they? It was out of spite, and like they, they planned the next year. They were like, "We have a spot for you. Like, come on back. Like, you know, things will be better." Blah blah blah. You know, and I was just like, you know what? Like, I just didn't like the way the organization was being run. I felt like I was just, really? you know, I think I felt like I was just set, second fiddle, and I was like, you know, for my development, I didn't really see myself going to the show at that point in time. I was like, yeah, you know, university's probably going to be where I'm at, or maybe some semi-pro in Europe, maybe. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I was like, and then at that time, going into that next year, 
Mike McIsaac decided to come back to the Caps. Uh, Brett Glant was coming back. We had Will Johnson. We had Dan Whalen. Spencer Corkin was coming back. Josh McKinnon was coming back. Like, we were just – we were kind of getting stacked for Junior A, and I was looking at that going. And then they reached out to me too. And yeah. at that time in Summerside, it was still – you know, it, it was a – it was a good they took care of you basically and they uh, still do take care of their players yeah and then like even at that time it was summerside like it was a spot to play man like if you're i'm from there too so yeah, yeah, it was yeah, just it was just beauty like in front of your family and friends family and friends you didn't have to leave and then like in charlottetown like the pei rocket kind of had a bad i don't know if i should say this rank? yeah they just said no not rank but they just had a bit of a bad reputation in the community and it okay. wasn't necessarily the players fault it was yeah. just kind of the way it was run and nothing wrong with um, that but now it's obviously owned by Islanders yeah. now, and it's yeah. it's run a lot better. And yeah. geez, I would have loved if it was that case whenever I was there. But well, they still own your rights. Who knows? They might call you oh, up for man, something. Oh they could bring me yeah. in for a coach or yeah. something. <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. But yeah, so like at that time, like it was, it was, it just made sense, right? Yeah. To just go to junior A, and if yeah. they weren't going to release me, then so be it. Like you know, I'll go play with all my my buddies. buddies from PEI, and we'll win championships. Win championships. Was what what rink were you guys in? Because we played we Summerside. Were... You guys had a beautiful rink, but I don't know if that's the same rink. Yeah, yeah. That would have been... It's like the Big so Lower Bowl? My first year junior, we still played for that first half of the year in the Cal Stadium. Never been. Never been. It's just an old... Uh, it was an awesome rink. Awesome rink to play in. And they yeah. had like the big hot siren that would go off, and they'd play all the 80s <laughs> and 90s rock yeah, music yeah, and yeah, shit. Yeah, it was yeah. And then, like, there was a fight going on or something. They'd play the old school like <laughs> uh, Motley Crue music or something like I that. I love it. I oh, love man. It. it was the jungle. Like... And then uh, we switched to the new rink halfway through that year. Did you guys get fans at that new rink? Because yeah, the yeah, new rink, that's like three, 4,000 people. That's a big low. That's a big rink. Yeah, we were fortunate enough where our team was just rock solid. And it was like in PEI, it's very important. Or, you know, I, I think it is anyway for like those junior A teams that have a lot of Islanders. Yeah. Because it'll bring in the fans. I believe that. Right. Same so, with Halifax having Halifax kids. Exactly. Yeah. Right. You're going to bring in, you know, for, for example, you got. Mike McIsaac for lives up in O'Leary. He's going to bring down yeah. fifty to sixty of his people from O'Leary are going to come to the game. Or you got Spencer McDonald in Stratford. He's going to bring down all the McDonald clan to watch the game. So you're going to bring in fans that yeah. way. Um, but yeah, we sold first. I'm trying to think. Yeah, in playoffs, like after Christmas, we were pretty well two grand every game. No way. And then playoffs, we were sold out. Is there ever a point where you guys were more popular than? Oh yeah, Charlottetown. Yeah, we were at that time. You guys were more popular than the Q team. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was. It was. Well, that's why I didn't mind going. Like, that's why a lot of guys didn't mind going to play for them because we were strong. Yeah. Community supported us. Like the community was there, and we loved being a part of the community. We'd be out doing stuff. Like I would, we'd volunteer at the boys and girls club. We would be, no you know, way. you know, participating within the community, trying to get fans out. And then yeah. on top of that, we were tough as nails. Like, not myself, but yeah. I probably would have been the 17th toughest guy on the team. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and then, you know, you'd go show up to every game, and there'd be 10 fights, 15 fights, some games. There's had, your 2,000 fans. And yeah. then we'd beat the shit out of every team, yeah. 7-2 or 7-1, and then. We had this conversation with, like, uh, it was with, I think, Tim Boyce about the Olin Exports back in the day. Yeah. And we, we were just like, I was like, well, you know, those fans back in the day, like, why were they there? And dudes piped up. He's like, why do you think? They put a brand of hockey on that was exciting to watch yeah. that didn't really include goals or anything. No. And it's just like, yeah, like, that's how you sell a hockey game. Don't get me wrong. Winning helps. Yeah. Like, you look at the Thunderbirds this year. They weren't the toughest team, but they won. But. Yeah. It's crazy to think. You, well, you, you can sell out a rink if, if you're tough. And It's, what was that? What's it's that? entertainment, man. At the yeah. end of the day, like sports is entertainment. What's that movie? Were they? Uh, oh, uh, Goon? No, no. Goon. It's, it's like a documentary. <laughs> oh, they, uh, uh, Quebec, and they live in the rink, some of the guys. Oh, they, they, the Ellen Ash. Uh, or Ellen, or what are they called? You know what I'm talking I know, about. I know exactly what documentary you're talking about. I just crazy. can't remember the name. Insane. And they'd, be, they'd be interviewing the guys, and they'd be like sleeping up top in the, uh, owner's, like the co yeah. owner's like box or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah. I know which one you mean. And the guy would be like, oh, I got to try out with Calgary maybe <laughs> next year. I don't know. We'll see. I, I know the yeah. scout's cousin. He said he's going to put me in yeah. touch. And it's just like, oh, Jesus, yeah. buddy. Come on up and rip somebody's face off. Like yeah. They're asking you to do. It's crazy. Like, it's crazy what you can do in order to to market a team to get fans there yeah i was like and i think you know I, I don't pay attention to the hockey world as much as i used to but um i think they're still pretty similar like the caps teams are a lot of local yeah. local boys yeah. and you know i don't know what the fan attendance is anymore but 
at that time it was man it was lit it was crazy yeah. it was nuts like it, like i was talking to trevor carmichael about before i came on here and he's just like just tell him about our 18 year man that was you know it was the it was a crazy time tell me about it oh man like where can i start like it was just well we went to the rbc that year oh. we won we won we won the league um <laughs> i think we lost Seven or eight games the whole season. What we year? What pumped, year was we it? We just pumped everybody. Well, your record will be right here. Your last year here? E, no, 20, 2008, 2009 season. One hundred forty-one pims. Jesus, what were you doing, buddy? I don't know, man. Maybe it might not show your record. Yeah, call marinara. Call marinara sauce. Oh, it has the RBC cup stats. Oh yeah, Nathan Snow. I always forget about him. He was a stud too. Josh Curry, you know Josh Curry, he would have been a sixteen-year-old. So yeah, I know. Josh yeah, plays yeah, in the yeah, A. Yeah, got a yeah, couple yeah. games in the show this year. No, I don't think it shows your your record though that year, which it should, but nonetheless. Yeah, we were just a, we were just a really tough, fun team to play against. Like if guys are looking us up online right now, just go look <laughs> up uh, Caps Caps Tigers Fight Night. <laughs> it's like is that on YouTube right now? If I look U- it up, it's on YouTube. What it's do like, I type in? Let's do Caps Caps Tigers Fight Night. Caps Tigers. Fight night should be there. This yeah, one, yeah, that one. Oh my god, yeah. So, <laughs> oh gee, <laughs> oh my god. Oh, that's, that's Camelton. That's me standing there, number 12. Just fucking, what are you doing? I don't know, man. I couldn't tell you. I was 18. <laughs> I don't know what I was doing. I'm anyway, so that was that was a 12,000 views on YouTube. Oh my god, so you there? That was me right before. Oh, yeah, right there. Oh, that's you by the bench? Yeah. Look at those It bowl. wasn't much of a fight. That's such a nice rink, too. Look at the fans there going. It's a great, great thing. Were you living with your parents at the time? Yeah, I was living with my mom or my dad. I can't oh, really my God. Remember. Did you guys have a rivalry, you and Camelton? Not at all. I think that was what happened that game. They were beating us. They were beating us, and then we just said, screw it. Let's go out and go crazy, I guess. We didn't like to lose. Like, it was a weird year. Like, we had a coach, but, you know, the coach, he was fine. But it was more of a – we had a lot of 20-year-olds that year. Like, yeah. Greg Painter, Nathan Snowy, Brett yeah. Gallant, Spencer Corcoran. Played in Cape Breton Screaming Eagles for three years. Like, Jesus. super tough guy. Um, <sighs> so, we basically just ran the team ourselves. Like, you coached it yourself pretty, pretty much. much. Pretty much, man. And then – um we all wanted to win yeah like it was we were fiercely like to go out and do that yeah we're losing five two with two minutes (laughs) left in the third so we just said yeah we're just gonna beat the shit out of everybody i guess i don't know um you could do that that was more common back then though. you can't do that anymore you fight and you're done more common back then fighting was a five minute penalty now you're done my first year you could fight three times in a game you could fight twice and then you get kicked out the third time and that's that's only yeah, 14, I don't think 13, you can. I don't 14. think you can do that anywhere now. I or in the queue, you can. Maybe. I think it's three fights and you're out. Like three fights the year now. Is it? I have no idea. I have absolutely no idea now. So that was kind of just like in Summerside. Like we we, they didn't have a lot of good teams like leading up to that. Like my first year junior, we we lost in the finals to uh, to Truro. Yeah. And uh, I still always remember this man like. Zach Sill was on that team then. Sill, no yeah, way. Yeah, Zach Sill. I heard he was unbelievable. It was he was the scariest. Like I was six, like I was sixteen, soaking wet, like one hundred and sixty pounds, like just a scrawny little shit. Yeah, and I could skate. Like I was always a good skater, so it, you know that that always helped me with playing at the higher levels. But yeah. he used to do this thing where he dumped the puck. I usually got off the ice if Zach Sill was on. <laughs> I'll just say that first off. I wasn't, you know, and uh, he used to dump the puck in the corner. Yeah. and scream. Scream as on his own, as he's on, on his the own. Forecheck? So he'd be on the forecheck. Just I don't want to scream into the mic. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he'd just scream at the top of his lungs like he was going to kill you, basically. Which no he, way. Which he did. What a move! It was his most inti- man. He, you can have it. That's a like, power move. You can have the puck. Like yeah, it's all good. good. If you're going to scream, it's yours. Holy shit! <laughs> yeah. And he used to just run guys through like everything. Wow. He was a danger. He was way too good to be playing junior A. I think. Yeah. Well, he was in Maine, I think, and then he came back. Yeah. I don't know what happened there. Wasn't he in Moncton for a bit too? Well, and then he went to Moncton yeah. the next year. Yeah. As a nineteen or twenty, I think twenty year old. Yeah. And Imagine I, and I think he ripped it up like in the queue. Like he was way too good to be playing junior A at that time. <laughs> and uh, it was like him and Withrow. Withrow would just take snappers from the top of the circles and 
um, score. But talking about that year, like I had Forby Kennedy, I mentioned to you, Forby yeah. Kennedy was our coach. And uh, I'll still never remember this. It was, well, like rookie initiations and stuff were still a pretty big thing back then, right? So I had all of them. Um, but uh, <laughs> you can do life in jail now if you use something. Oh, else. buddy, I could. Yeah, you could do whatever you want to me. I'm all good, man. Like, no sweat. Um, but, um, yeah, that, that year, one thing about Forby, I remember, I was standing on the bench, and Dave, you know Dave Mitchell? Dave Mitchell, he's like a uh, Keith's uh, rep guy, kind of. I don't know, maybe. Coach, I think he was involved in hockey around here back in the day. But, anyway, he, he was our D coach, and we're standing on the bench. It was probably my first game in the first week or two weeks in the league, and he comes down. I'm standing on the bench. He taps me on the shoulder. He goes, whatever you do right now, do not let go of your stick. Do not let go of your stick. I'm going, what the fuck is this guy talking about? Like, what do you mean don't let go of my stick? Of course I'm not letting go of my stick. Like, I'm yeah. on the bench. And two minutes later, we were, the Forby's going nuts on the bench, comes down, grabs my stick out of my hand because everybody else knew. And wow. grabbed my stick out of my hand, stood up on the bench, and just baseball swinged, tried to hit the ref. Oh, my God. Missed, missed the ref by, like, five or six feet, and the ref didn't do, <laughs> didn't do nothing. <laughs> didn't do a thing. Just goes... <laughs> Uh, Forby, like, what are you doing? Or like, no whatever. Way. They got into it, and Forby's still going. He just skates away. It was no just, way. He had such a, I guess he ran the show in PEI for hockey, right? Yeah. No, he's gonna say shit to him. Yeah. Um, but that was that was like my welcome into junior A. <laughs> Don't let go of your stick. What are you talking about? Like, what is going on right now? Like, who the hell is gonna take my stick? Yeah. But like, that was. That That's was insane. Those are the times, man. Everyone has those little moments and those little stories in oh, junior man. hockey about just getting welcomed to the league. I love it. Well, and then I'd say the next week, my next one was uh, we were playing Woodstock Slammers. They were they were, still a powerhouse back then? They weren't that good that year. I think they were good the year before. Okay. They had like Dooley, Dan Dooley. You wouldn't know that name, but um, a couple other guys yeah. from up there. And then they got better a couple years later. Yeah. Um. But it was the night night of our rookie party. Yeah. And he came into the dressing room before the game and he goes, Any of you this is how he talks, right? Yeah. Any of you fucking cocksuckers, if you guys any of you rookies that haven't fought yet, I'm gonna make sure we make your life a living hell <laughs> at rookie party. <laughs> and uh I'm just shitting my pants. I you just gotta I do fought it. like in in tryouts, but it was like, you know, it's a little different in yeah. tryouts. It's like a lot different. A lot different. Yeah. You know, you'll you, let up on a punch. You'll let up on a punch and you're not gonna get on the ground and yeah. whatever, dummy somebody and I was just like, okay, okay, man, like, yeah. <laughs> let's go out and play. So I wanted to get it out of the way as soon as the game started. Did you have a guy in your mind already? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Um, Matty Milson. Okay, another sixteen-year-old. <laughs> yeah, that's how you do it. <laughs> you find the sixteen-year-old. I walked out, and I knew Matty from like Atlantic Challenge Cup and yeah. like uh, all that other like U sixteens and uh, playing New Brunswick yeah. and stuff. So I just, I just went out and lined up against him, gave him a tap in the shin pads, and said, "Matty, you gotta fight me, man. Like I have to fight tonight. I have to get my first fight in." And he, meanwhile, he already fought like three or four times, so he was pretty tough and. Um, yeah, we had a good fight. Went toe to toe and just I love it. bloodied my. I think I might have broke my nose. Anyway, I had two oh. bla two black eyes going to rookie party that night. But That's it was the it was the best thing I could have ever done. Yeah, they took it way easier on me because of, because of it. And then I had the the shiners to show for it. I know the the feeling of the first fight ever is such a. Everyone has the exact same feeling. The first the first like fight. It. But then once it's over, it's the most rewarding feeling. It's it it's is. the biggest like weight off your shoulder. Yeah, it's like an it's like almost it's like a like, welcoming. It's like coming down from like a bit of like a anxiety attack in a yeah. way. Like because you're just you're so bent yeah. up and then it's just all released. And it's kind of a part of hockey too that's yeah. kinda of, uh you know, like it's a it's a ritual. It is you know, it's, it a, it's, a, a it's a thing of hockey that you kinda of just have to do to no, you don't have to do it, but you kind of feel you're you're part of the culture a little yeah. bit more if you just do it. You're you're there. You're with the boys. You're you're down yeah. for the cause, I guess. Yeah, well, it, yeah, exactly. It's like you're. They know now. I guess back then, I don't know what it's like now. I feel like it's a lot different. But back then, it was kind of you showed that you were now part of the team. You were willing to fight for your yeah. brother beside you. You yeah. you proved that you were capable of doing it. And and back then, you had to be. Like yeah. there was no choice. Like there was bench, ways there was line brawls now. and bench brawls yeah. and. Like I've been in three or four bench brawls, like, like always playing on tough teams, right? So yeah, and I wasn't tough, so I just I'd either protect myself or you know <laughs> yeah, I got you. Dip dog, dodge and die, brother. I got yeah. you. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, man. But no, I remember hearing stories. Not even you guys weren't even in the league then, and just hearing about yeah Summerside Western Capitals. Yeah, Funny man. Funny to like, hear. 
it's yeah that year was and then i guess so that's how did smew come into how did smew come into play smew um funny enough i was actually um well, I had a pretty good year my last year junior. <laughs> not not um, bad. Let's let me read it off for you. Or maybe you can I'll read it off. You won the league. Yeah. You're on the first team all star. You're on the team the first team all star team. Yeah. You're the top defenseman in the league with the most assist. And then you were the top defenseman in the league with the most points. Yeah, that's all right. So then what at what point did Smew come from? <laughs> Christmas? I was actually no man, no, they they do all the recruiting like um OHL guys first usually. Yeah. So I was more of a filler at the time. They, they, like Steiny reached out to me. I, I shouldn't say that. He did reach out to me and just let me know that, you know, they're interested, but they're not committing, not committing. And we'll, you know, we'll talk to you later. And, um, at that time, um, I went up to UOIT. I did a trip up there. Where? University Ontario Institute of Technology. Isn't that a mouthful? They got a hockey team? Yeah, apparently. Cool. Yeah, it wasn't, yeah. Anyway, so they, they paid me to go up there and check that out. And Sick. then, it was a great time. They like flew you up? Free trip. Yeah, Border? Exactly. Uh, no, WestJet, bro. Uh, whatever. I got the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I went up there, and then um, I was I was going to go to Stu. Like, I kind of had it all planned oh, yeah. out because, um, what's his name? It's escaping my mind there. The junior A coach. Guy from Spryfield. Coach Yeah, Troy. Yeah. He was coaching Stu at the time. And, yeah. Um, he basically was already, you know, we're going to. We're gonna take you and yeah. Jordan Thomas was there that Jordan time. Jordan Thomas was John going, McDonald. John McDonald. Yeah. All those guys were going Sawyer there. Sawyer Hannay too. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. all those guys. Yeah. But then he got fired, or like oh. he left, or I don't know. Something happened. Okay. Like two or three months at the beginning of that summer, he was already coaching there. Okay. And then something happened, and he was like, "Yeah, I mean, I like, I'm, I'm, I'm out, bro. I'm out. Yeah. Like, yeah. you're on your own." So. And then I was actually, it was 1st of July. This is kind of a funny story. I was at the Cavendish Beach Music Festival. <laughs> and <laughs> I, love I love where this is going. <laughs> you know, obviously into one a little bit. And yeah. it was with my buddy, or I know I was with like my, my K-Town boys, like Ben Andrew and yeah. um, those guys. And anyway, we, we were just partying there, ran into everybody. And then I ran into Trevor Carmichael. Yeah. And uh, he's like telling me that he's committing to smew and all this stuff and then i was like man can you get me on the team like i like i don't really have a spot to go play next year like can you can, yeah. you, can you reach out to steiny and I, i'm pretty sure like the the story is a little bit blurry but i'm pretty sure he called steiny on the spot at cavendish at cavendish beach music festival into one <laughs> and uh steiny's like yeah 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 like yeah we got we got actually got one spot left open for d like yeah man like uh get him give him my number and get him to reach out to me tomorrow no so, way I swear to god and uh it's nuts like i kind of i always forget about that story so yeah we hooked that up like a cavendish beach music festival so did you call him the next day i called him the next day and chatted with him and he was like yeah come on over next weekend and we'll give you a little tour around and it was midsummer. like a lot of guys do the recruiting trips like a little bit earlier than that like so that they can kind of see the way the school works and take them out on the town with the boys and stuff like that so mine was a little bit different i just met with him and went out to lunch and (laughs) Gave you a gift man. card to Subway or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just told me to eat rocks. And no, <laughs> no, no. So, yeah, I was a junior A recruit. It's done a little different. I get you. But, yeah, they committed to me and um, decided, you know, I didn't get the, the full crazy package that some of the other guys get, but yeah. they helped me out with my school, and that was more than I could ask for. It was always kind of my dream as a kid. Like, there was a there was an older guy that from PEI that went to SMU, yeah. and he was kind of a family friend, and... I was always just like infatuated by the fact that he went to SMU and you know yeah. took criminology. Like when I was younger, I kind of wanted to cool. kind of wanted to be a cop, and um, so the idea of going to SMU and being able to study yeah. criminology, which my degree's in, and um, play for Steiny was like it was bomb, man. It was I was very 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 fortunate. Like I I owe a lot to that man. He uh, you know I was a little shithead at the time and. He straightened you out. Straightened me out. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he was a blast on the podcast when he was here. I know, man. I, I love that podcast. That was kind of like one of the podcasts I was listening to that made me, you know, I was like, yeah, fuck it, I'll come on. Because you guys asked me a couple years ago to come yeah, on, yeah, and yeah, I was yeah. like, uh, yeah, I'll come on and shoot the shit for a little bit. And you got to be, you got to be willing hockey. to tell stories. That's the thing. 
Well, I hope I told a couple. No, you got a couple, couple bunch of so stories, far, huh? man. I like I yeah, it's it, they all kind of come back to you once you once you start talking about it and whenever I'm telling you a story, the the other ones are coming in at the same time. It's a common thread. You'll bring up things like we were just talking about when you're back in Notre Dame and like you got tons of stories yeah, back oh, then yeah. you don't even think about. Like, oh, we didn't even go to California. They came to us. Like yeah. things just pop up in your head. Yeah. But when Steiny was here, me and dudes just shut up. We just, just you you go, man. Just go. Have he's, fun. He's got no problem talking. Oh, it was unreal. It was a great podcast. Yeah. And then when Nogs came on the other day, at the end, uh, Trevor called them. And they're just like, they're, they're just like <laughs> two, on. they're two best friends. They're just, they're just was, talking. Was that on the podcast? No, it was after. It like was as after. soon as like it was yeah, two yeah. minutes after the podcast. Yeah, they're like, them. they're like two little girls. Yeah, they love each other. with each other. Oh, yeah. yeah it they're was like cool. They're like two cool. little teenage girls chatting with each other. Yeah. I hope he gets that job. Because didn't you say you, that uh, Nogs was there for a bit when you were there? He was there for the whole time. He was there, yeah. He would have been the D coach. Oh, yeah. Pretty well. My first two years there. Yeah. And then, yeah, he would have been there third year. And then he, he kind of went up to the forwards. He went up to the forwards at some point. So He's I just, over. I can't really, yeah. Because yeah. then, then Bobby McIsaac came in. And he was oh, like yeah, he was a he was a defenseman like Bobby that. was my coach. He's he's the man. Oh, I love that guy. Love that guy too. Like his power play knowledge and his penalty kill knowledge and like yeah. his his systems. Like whenever we were there, like we would have two to three different power play breakouts. Yeah, and like for a lot of coaches to kind of implement that and get a team to be able to do that, yeah. even at a higher level, is it takes a lot of confidence and as a coach and as your your way to kind of express that to your players that we're going to play this way and interchange it like you get, it is, and as a player you got to have confidence in your coach but we did it like flawlessly i remember bobby. one like day was... on bobby i was on the power play this is junior a and you know i was on the power play for the past like three years so we're just going through i think it was like the second intermission you got it you're good oh yeah buddy we're going through like the second intermission i've been working all day man i've been talking i had too many appointments this morning <laughs> You just come My, here, you talk even more. I've been talking all day. Nonetheless, like he had a, a power play thing going. Like I said, I was on the power play for the past three years. So it wasn't like anything exciting to me. Yeah. I was just like, it's just another play Bobby's drawing up. And I was kind of dozing, not dozing off, but like I wasn't paying attention as closely as I should have been because I knew my job. I was on the half wall. Yeah. I know where to put the puck, either to Dylan King or Andrew Wig. Like what <laughs> yeah. else is going to change? Yeah. And he caught me just kind of really not paying attention. He goes, hey. You want to play on the power play? You pay the fuck attention right now. <laughs> and I'll always remember funny. that. Every every time a coach ever drew up a play, even if it was in practice, if it was on a power play, the penalty kill, whatever it was, yeah. I always paid attention because yeah. of that little, hey, you fucking pay attention right now. It's crazy. Yeah, it but it's little lessons like that. You're saying like Steiny like, straightened you out and you turned you into, you know, he, he taught you some yeah. lessons. It's little things like that. Bobby teaches me a lesson. Yeah. It's crazy. as That's the thing in hockey. Just You're, you're constantly like, you know, as, as a hockey player and as – as I've gotten older, you know, you look back, you know, maybe coming right out of stopping playing hockey or how things ended its view or whatever. You kind of, you might, a lot of players might have sour taste in their mouth, but looking back on it, you know, you're, you, you were so lucky, oh. you know, to have the experiences and meet the people. Like as you get older, you realize how important it is to have connections and ha and to know people and build relationships. It's not always about you know winning and like no. i coached this past year a band of major and having talks with the players and having talks with the parents and just trying to get it into their head like you know the best a lot of kids are going to ever get is just some money to go to school yeah maybe play some junior a if they're lucky yeah you know maybe have a pretty good midget career if they're lucky yeah um but they're going to make their best friends yeah they're going to have all their buddies for the rest of their life um, you know, you're going to have your stories, you're going to have something that you're going to be able to look back on at all for the rest of your life. And yeah. I, I, I just really, I'm probably never going to coach again, but, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot that you were coaching. You were with like Rickman and I was uh, Rick, Ricky and Alds. In, in Alds and it's just, it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's, can it's, you talk about it or no? It's uh, okay. No, no, I'm, there's nothing, nothing, nothing bad happened. It's just, I, I kind of realized that co coaching isn't really, uh, I, I enjoy coaching. I really enjoyed being like back in the dressing room, hanging out with the boys, like yeah. goofing around with the kids and yeah. taking one timers at the goalies heads and, you know, <laughs> stuff, stuff like that. Um, but it, it's just a lot. Like I run a company, I'm a full-time realtor. Um, I work seven days a week and then I'd go to hockey practice and games and, um, I feel a lot of, like I don't I'm not complaining at all, but it's, it's, it's just, it's just a lot to commit and then not have any, appreciate like there's you know there's a handful of parents that are very very appreciative and yeah. then there's a handful that aren't at all 
And then there's a lot of kids that are kind of just even in band and major, just going through the motions, don't really necessarily want to be there. They might are only there yeah. because their parents want them to be there. Even at band and major, that yeah, level man, too? Yeah, man, I was a little shocked. Really? It was it was a little, I don't know if it was just that timing or what. But So band and major is like band and triple A, right? Yes. Yeah. Why do they put the major at the end? Beats me, man. I grew up playing minor hockey and PEI. Okay. <laughs> I remember one year. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's just, well, I shouldn't say that band and major is separate from minor hockey so maybe oh, is it? it has something to do with that yeah so all the bantam t- teams there's like 12 franchises like halifax hawks just got purchased by somebody like you could, got purchased yeah you per you buy the i don't really know the business behind it i never really looked into it but no way um you can buy yeah man the, ma- the bantam major the halifax bantam major so like it's not really under minor hockey like the bantam major tryouts are separate from minor hockey so it's like a major midget thing like it's the exact same they're setting it up the exact same way and i i'm pretty sure they're doing peewee peewee's gonna be going that way too no way which i think is kind of crazy but it is what it is it's just it's like club hockey okay so that's how they do it all up in like ontario oh is it don't anybody from ontario is probably like punching (laughs) screen i know they don't but um i'm pretty sure that's how they do it in a lot of other places it's club so it kind of gets away from the minor hockey so you know, it's not like in Bantam, you're not holding the kids' hands. It's right. It's either yeah, you're yeah, good yeah, enough yeah. or you're not. You know, if you come in, you're a first year player, we'll tell you, you know, you're you're not gonna yeah. you're not gonna play a ton. We're gonna help you with your development and yeah. if you can prove yourself you can. If you don't wanna do that and you wanna go back and play Bantam double A or whatever they call it, you can go do that too. So it's it's just a little bit more serious. It's like now once you get to Bantam major, it's like all right. Yeah. These, are, these are where we separate the boys from the men for hockey, I guess. Is that the league where the uh, the gulls are in? Yeah, gulls are in that league. Yeah, what are they? Halifax gulls? No, what are the gulls. Tassa it used to be Tassa idea. whenever I was younger. So then, how does What's it work? Tassa now. Tassa's ta- Saint Margaret's Bay. Saint Margaret's Bay. So if so, like let's say you coach you coach Coal Harbor Major Bantam, right? Yeah. So do they have to go to the Coal Harbor Major Midget team, or they, can they go to any major midget team they want? So I think it works. So Coal Harbor is. They don't have the best draw. Like Cole Harbor is. What do you mean draw from where? For kids. Oh, because so major so band in like Cole Harbor. They just don't have a high population. It's not that the kids aren't as good, but like Halifax draws from wherever. Tassa draws from whole St. Margaret's Bay down to Hammond's Plains down to you know it's just it's just a lot more kids and okay. a lot more families. Where Cole Harbor is just a smaller community. They draw Cole Harbor Eastern Passage, but. Um, what was your question again? Sorry, it was like just uh, if kids from Cole Harbor, oh, yeah, Bantam, that, can they go one. to Halifax? I think they have. Uh, they can protect. So the Wolfpack, I think, can protect like four or five players from the Bantam Major team. Okay, they can protect four or five players from. I want to say it's East Hants, Cole Harbor, and Dart. No, that wouldn't be Dartmouth. I think it's just Cole Harbor and East Hants. Okay, they can protect four to five players, and that's it. And then you can have the right to go play wherever you want if you're, not, if you're not one of the ones protected. Interesting. Yeah. It's a lot more competitive now, right? Like, Sounds like it's it. It's crazy, man. It'd be tough. Like, it's a lot tougher to play Major Midget now than it used to be from, like, just yeah, the way it sounds. But I'm happy the, I'm I, happy I, the I, time I, I played. Everyone's like, I wish I was playing now. It's like, nah, I'm happy I played the time I played. <sighs> Me too, A little man. tough. A little tougher. A little, a little maybe different. Maybe less skill. A little more grit. A little more character. A little more... Like I in order st- to get ahead, you had to show a little bit more of your personality. Yeah. Obviously, skill goes through. Like if you're a skilled guy and you're a piece of shit, you're still going to be in the NHL. Yeah. But I just found that you know, it just it's just different. Like I I look at it now too in a weird way. Like I peaked later, and kind of my my main skill was skating and my shot. Like that was the so main. You'd still be fine today, then. I look at it like now. I go, I wish I was still playing now, yeah. man. Because like whenever I played, it was a lot tougher. Like yeah. You couldn't skate like you you wanted to at all times. Yeah. So. It was just uh, just a little different, man. But. Same thing with me, though. I, I developed late. Like, I found out what I was good at probably in Major Midget. I remember you in Junior, man. You were a freaking sniper. Yeah, but that was because I figured myself out. Yeah. But, like, you know, those Bantam P... I, I still play PWAAA, Bantam AAA, but I never... Yeah. I only got by just because I was I could skate and I could pass and shoot. Yeah. Like, uh, the essentials of being a young hockey player don't come easy to everyone. No. Like, just being able to pass and shoot and skate and stop and skate backwards, like... If you can do those things average, you'll be a triple-A player, I well, think. Well, think about any kid, right? Think about you as a kid or um, you're spacey, right? Yeah. As a kid, like in Pee Wee yeah. and Bam, you're just – you're a space cadet. You're not even a human yet. You're not even you're human. Like, your prefrontal what? cortex yeah. isn't fully <laughs> <You're> developed. Prefrontal. <laughs> <laughs> My arts degree coming in handy. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's true. Yeah. Like, so it's a lot of times for, like, kids, they're just spaced out. Oh. You know, you're telling them something, like, I found, like, cl- you know how many times I yell, close the gap? 
I don't want to yell close the gap one more time for the you rest of my life. You just yelled it twice right now. Oh, you said it. Close the gap. <laughs> Three times. There you go. <laughs> close like, the gap. Close the gap. Yeah. They do it for one game and then they wouldn't do it again. And that's part of it, right? But it's just, it's it's trying to I remember trying to keep them engaged and not spaced out. I remember one camp. It was, you know that one camp where you just turn it on? It's like a summer camp or maybe it's a tryout where you grow. And then you're just like, you become that average hockey player yeah. to that. You know, you're, you're above average hockey player. So that camp for me was actually, I'm pretty sure with Nogs in a summer camp. Yeah, yeah. Maybe 16. It was the summer before playing for the Max for the first time. And I grew maybe a foot in yeah. the summer. Yeah. Like I was tall. Still lanky, but tall. Yeah. And when you're tall, you have a little bit more confidence. Yeah. And I remember that one summer, everything just turned on for me. Yeah. And when you have that one summer and things just start to shoot and happen for you, it's an interesting thing, the hockey world, how it comes at you. Because usually when you're in that Bantam, peewee double a area yeah. you kind of have to you know I'm, I'm i can prove myself like i'm good enough to play here i can play here i can yep. do this but then once you have that summer you have that yep. moment where no like i know how to play this game yeah. and teams start to come to you yeah. it's a different your mood changes your attitude yeah. changes and that's oh, kind of where your confidence comes in your it's tangible, a weird your tangible start coming together right? yeah people start talking to your parents more yeah. you know it's, it's a weird part in life it is weird it's weird as hell man yeah the whole the whole idea of it is yeah it's it's very strange to be such so young and then you're getting like recruited to go play wherever my dad's like you want my kid to play summer hockey (laughs) why yeah yeah yeah. lacrosse is much cheaper i'm like yeah i play baseball i never played so i would go to like a hockey camp whenever i was younger i'd go to a hockey camp a week the week before hockey would start that was it yeah and then like maybe one other one i don't know i don't want to say i didn't do that but I would play baseball. I played like competitive baseball. Like I would have been in nationals. Like, no way. Oh yeah. Like I played. Yeah, we went to Windsor for nationals. No, to represent Nova Scotia. Uh, PEI. PEI, sir. Yeah. No way. Yeah, man. Do you ever I play was... against dudes? Um, I probably pro- I probably did. Yeah. yeah like I would have played like pr- I would have played Atlantics. Our team like in Summerside, we were we were always pretty solid. So. Did you uh, ever play at UPEI in nationals? Because dudes always talks about a, a national baseball tournament at yeah, the yeah, summer. It was, it was in of, Summerside. So yeah, Summerside. Summerside. But like, he stayed at UPEI in the dorms. Oh, did he? And he talks about some fun times. Did he back go there. to? Did he go to Canada Games? Yeah, he did. Mentioned? Yeah. Okay, did. so that's must that must be what he meant. Yeah, the Canada Games. Yeah, the Canada he was Games young. Baseball. He was young when he went. He said. Yeah, they would have been 15, 16. Yeah. and I quit. I quit because you had to make a decision, right? And yeah, my dad was kind of like. You know, yeah, we're spending a lot of money here, son. And like, pick pick something. <laughs> like, you're at Notre Dame now, and seems like hockey's the way you want to go. But I loved baseball. Yeah. I was just as good at baseball, or maybe even better. Like at that at that time, so it was it was heartbreaking, like to make that decision. But yeah. like, there wasn't much opportunity baseball. What are you gonna do around here? That's the thing. There's nothing. If you grow up in the states and play, the, those opportunities, around, right? like you got it's like any sport, you got to play it all year round. And that's what Burke was preaching uh, preaching yesterday. Like if you go to the NHL now, yeah, it's they, like they want you playing all the time. All the time, you just got to be like when we were at that skill session yesterday. It was incredible what some of those guys were doing. Do you ever remember Buddy. anything in hockey about? Buddy. It's the you, kids nowadays are. For, okay, get this for an hour. Uh, Burke was. Uh, going through a drill it was different drills but it was one premise of weight shifting without pivoting when i saw this drill i was like what are you talking about burke he goes no like working your edges yeah he's like have you ever seen patrick kane like pivot he's like no he just shifts his weight really quickly right i'm like well yeah i guess that kind of makes sense and like austin matthews like when he they get rid of the crossovers yeah the crossovers not there it's a quick pivot with your skate and then i saw luke henman go up and do it i'm like oh yeah, that makes sense. That yeah. he's just doing it really quick, and now I get to see it right in front of me. Yeah. It's incredible what some of these kids are doing. It's, it's it's incredible. It's crazy. Incredible. Like I didn't learn any of that stuff until I learned how to skate properly as a defenseman. Whenever I went up to Lac Saint Jean, I went up for three weeks and did like a custom D camp with, with Yannick John, and Ooh. they and they taught us how to properly. You know, go at a guy in the corner and, yeah. you know, stop properly and then go backwards towards the net or angle a guy into the corner or gain your ice properly and not cross over or receive a pass as a D-man, right? Whenever you're skating backwards, yeah, receive yeah, a yeah. pass and don't stick handle. Yeah. Just pivot up the ice, get your two or three strides, make a pass. Like eliminating, it was starting to become a lot more popular, I think, whenever we were like halfway through junior. I agree. And where it was like eliminating crossovers, eliminating stick handles, eliminating, you know, kind of unnecessary movements that slowed down the game. Yeah. And now it's like. That's all they do. It's all they do. It's all about, you know, that split second, yeah. which makes a difference. Like a uh, dude was saying in the mic'd up video, or just in the video we were shooting yesterday, he was talking to uh, 
McKenna from the Mooseheads. He was out there, and he was just like, man, when we used to practice, all we <laughs> practiced was dump, chase, break out, regroup in the neutral zone, yeah, yeah, come yeah. back three on two. Oh, That's hilarious. all we did. Three, three, three shoot, three shots or yeah. whatever. Man, my first year junior, we did horseshoe. Yeah. And semicircles and yeah. stuff like that, man. Like, we didn't. Like yesterday out on the ice, they had like little sticks with pucks underneath them. So you put the, the puck through the stick and little things that you got to jump the puck over and jump man, over. Like, I'm man. just like, what is that? This is hockey. I was thinking about this the other day. I, I couldn't even make a good backhand pass until like university. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> I, mean, never, I, never, I never did a backhand pass. Like, You're leading the junior A league. You can't make a backhand pass. <laughs> well, I, you know what I mean. Like, I, I probably could, but I didn't like... I didn't really focus. I don't remember ever focusing on a backhand pass until I was like playing university hockey, which sounds yeah. insane. But I never had like we had like a little bit of skill stuff, but not like the stuff they're doing now, man. I never had dangles. Like I could put the puck over the side and the other side, and that's about it. Skate fast. That's cool, man. To see where <laughs> hockey's gone, it's gonna be interesting to see where it goes yeah. for the next ten years. Like I think how good it is now, but like think about who's that next Austin Matthews coming. Mm. If you think about it, the next Patrick Kane is Austin Matthews. Yeah. But who's gonna be the next Austin Matthews? You it's, know, it's nuts. Like how can they get any how, better? How can they get better? But that's what everyone said about Sid. How are you gonna get better than Sid? How are you gonna get better than him? And I guess yeah, no one's really no surpassed him, yeah. but they're getting there. It's you know it's just a matter of like McDavid. Like well, McDavid like think- deserves to be making thirty mil a year. Like the fact that he's making thirteen mil a year is ridiculous. I know. But he that's a guy who is like what? Some of the things you do, you, you laugh at. You're like, oh, well, he's yeah. not human. His fast twitches, right? Is yeah. just nuts and like. I was talking the other day, like the new expansion team coming out, and so one of my buddies was like, "Oh, like maybe they're not going to be that good." I'm like, "Man, there's so many good players now. He like, is. there's so many like third line players in the show now. Could be first line players given the ice time." Oh, well, that's like, that's a perfect every, example like, of Vegas. Yeah, there's tons of guys that yeah. can play. There's guys you could bring out of American League that can step up and play in the NHL. There's so guys many. everywhere. It's way more competitive. It's just reps. It is reps. If you give a guy that's on, the, if you give a first line guy in the AHL reps in the NHL for eighty-two games, he'll be an NHL player, I think, by the end of it. Hundred percent. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the common thread when we have guys on here that played in the AHL. It's just right, yeah. you need opportunity. You need guys to get hurt. You got to be there in order to play yeah. in the NHL. It's just yeah. that doesn't come that often. Brad Marchand said that. He's like the only reason I'm, you know, really here. Obviously, his hard work is there, yeah. but at the beginning of his career, there was people that were hurt. That's the reason he got those 20 games. He didn't score, yeah. but he had an opportunity. But then he came back the next year yeah. and lit it the fuck up. Yeah, he had, he had an opportunity. Guy's, that guy's an animal. He's a different breed. Insane man. He came on and uh, during that lockout, I'll still never forget it. It was so dehumanizing. Uh, but he. We would do bag skate. We were just doing normal bag skates at the start of the year, just getting in shape. Everybody comes into camp, you know. Little, what little, camp? Little you were at Boston camp? No, no, at, at SMU. It was during oh, the, it was during oh. their lo- it was during their lockout. So we came so up. So whatever guys. year that was, that would have been, I think it was 2012, 2013, maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. We would do bag skates, and we were, you know, we had a lot of guys on our team that played high level O, it was like hundred point guys in the O, like yeah. could have went to the A or whatever. In bag skates, we would literally, you know, we go one end. Red, fire blue line, red line. He would be two zones ahead of everybody. Like if we were skated down to the far end, he would come with us, and then he'd be half a zone in front of no. our fastest guy. No, and like gliding, coming on the end. It didn't make sense. I didn't know what was going on. I felt like quitting. I was like, "There's like, who is this guy?" Are you like, serious? I'm not joking. It was the most dehumanizing thing I ever saw. Like not actually, but you know what I mean. It was like. Man, this guy, that's that's the difference right there. It's like this guy's in the show. I'm playing <laughs> university, you know, partying every weekend, yeah. Wednesday night at the Gorgebrook, and he's fucking, you know, making it to the wow. show and working hard. That's like the that. difference, two neutral zones. Or what you said, one neutral zone Man, ahead. It was, it might have been, t- it was, it was a lot. It was enough where he was, a neutral he, zone finished, he finished the bag skate and was getting a drink of water, and we were still finishing. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It was bad. That's crazy. Yeah. Was, I don't because he didn't go over to Europe and play. I'm pretty sure he no, stayed. No, I, I don't think he did. No, he yeah. pra- he practiced with us for wow two, two or three four months. Was Jeff on the team then? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, Jeff's actually. Yeah, Jeff sat beside me in the dressing room for two or three years. Are you pissed at all that you didn't get to experience the new room? Well, I. Ex- well, oh yeah, man. How deadly is that? <laughs> oh my god. Have you we been did, in it yet? Yeah, we did like the big alumni. Uh, yeah. The weekend there that they had in October, and Chris McKinnon came down and stayed at my place, and 
Jesus, yeah, he we had a good time. I think he tore his MCL. We had so much fun. <laughs> Dude, I just got back from a wedding. I think that's why my hip. Oh, you're dancing. You know, Were you look, freaking look doing a little the, chicken leg and dance bruise. or what? Holy shit. What the hell, man? That, that's not even the dance floor. That's dancing on top of the table up in the, the their whole their room. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're a dancer, eh? Oh, jeez. You, you can get down, eh? Music gets going. A couple <laughs> beer get flowing. It's open bar, scotch. Oh. Best where's, friends getting married. Where did you get married? Where, where, uh, who, was or where the, was the It was at the, the Westin. Well, here's the thing. It was at the Greek church, but have you ever, like a Greek, a Greek, it was a Greek slash Lebanese wedding. And okay. Yeah, they don't, was they, a, don't, they don't hold back. It was an hour and 15 minutes in the church. So you're in there, oh and you're already. God, did God come down and give his own speech, or you're what? already drinking? So like you got to sit there, yeah. And you know, by the time this is all done, you're just dying for a beer, and yeah. everyone is. So everyone just kind of hits the booze hard <laughs> as soon as you're out of church, yeah. And then the next thing you know, it's yeah. midnight, and you're typical. That's what the Bible says, right? As soon as you're out of church, hit the booze hard, right? <laughs> I've never, I haven't been to church in like a long time, and the, some of these things that this priest was saying was. Here's a funny thing, he was he was probably the last like ten minutes of like the wedding yeah, announcement Serve, and he goes he goes uh he goes by the way it's also my birthday so we spare we share this special date together it is Come my birthday on. and it is also your wedding day and I, I didn't lose it but like i had to hold it back what were they thinking i'd be like nobody know. gives a shit about your birthday man my <laughs> buddy's he's a sweater too and it was hot it wasn't hot in the church but you could he had a fan his brother was holding the fan yeah, yeah so he like every time he was sweating he's like i need the fan so the you know those little fans right <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it was funny it was a good it was a good wedding yeah it was sounds, a great time that sounds fun man i haven't we're well my buddy carmy was supposed to get married this summer and they had to cancel it where i was looking forward to that oh i know it's I'm I'm, yeah, I'm very fortunate we got to go. It's something to look forward. It's, that's what life's about. Looking forward to stuff. Yeah. I'm very 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 happy this we got is, to go. This is kick the kick the can down the road for that kind of stuff right now, man. We got five minutes left. What's the real estate market like right now? Nuts. Is it? Absolutely. Should nuts. I buy? I got like some money. Should I buy something? Well, we already got this place, but should I get another one? Oh, Jesus. Uh, where you want to buy? Depends. Depends where you want to go. I would probably uh, depending on what you want to buy and where I you like want to buy. I like this neighborhood. Anything on the peninsula is just so... any on the, anything on the peninsula. Is I just sold the place. Jeez, we had seven offers. And Did you seventy grand over asking? No way. No way. Yeah. Wow. It's great for, for it's you. great for sellers, uh, buyers. It's I'm having a, like it's a lot. Of, it's a lot of work for realtors right now because yeah. I'm going out and you know in Dartmouth for example, I'm going out and showing somebody twenty houses. We'll make an offer on a place. Lose it, make an offer in another place, lose it. So it's it's tough. It's just a lot. It's a lot more time, and there's you know it's it's really just a simple supply and demand problem yeah. right now. It's our listings are down basically fifty percent year over year, and then we have tons of buyers. I'm getting messages and calls from a lot of people too that are living in apartments or condos. Yeah, and they go, man, we get another fucking quarantine here. Like I'm gonna go crazy yeah. if i'm living in an apartment I, I at least need you know a little backyard or yeah. something i can go walk around and yeah. enjoy my life so yeah. um i think you're gonna yeah the, and in saying that it is supply and demand right now but it's also the market really hasn't changed or increased since you know 10 to 12 years really it's you know it's seen a small increase like obviously the south end's always going to be good or yeah. downtown halifax is always going to yeah. be good but a lot of the surrounding areas they're seeing a you know a standard growth of one to two percent year over year but yeah. um, compared to other major markets in in uh, canada we haven't seen that, that normal big, that kind of jump shot. yeah um so i, I think that's kind of just happening now do you think that then, so you think that jump is just starting right now it's just starting but i, I really do think it's going to fizzle out you're going to see a lot um with my management company we do a lot of insolvencies for um ey and okay. um, we're trying to get in with a couple other companies grant thornton pwc hit me up if you're looking for uh, advertising let me know yeah man I'll, I'll, I'll do some advertising for sure right, De i definitely will i'll, like, I'll give like you i'll give you a thing right after this um but, um, yeah, the, he's kind of telling me because we do a lot. Of, we'll take over the properties and manage them, and yeah. then we'll sell them after the fact. We can kind of do one-stop shop, Okay. whereas a lot of those companies have to hire managers and then hire realtors where we can do both. But he's telling me, you know, because the government's set up where a lot of people aren't – they don't have to make their payments until September. I have friends so that have payments. And so come September, you gotta pay. the bank going to be coming calling. Yeah, you don't. If people don't think they are, they're coming. So uh, there's going to be a lot of people in trouble come September, October, November, and you're going to see a lot of more uh, delinquent payments, insolvencies. You're going to see a lot more properties going through the bank, hitting the market. So depending on what you want to do, you know the market's hot. If you see a house that you really want to get, go get it. But 
if you're willing to stay where you're at, I, you know, I'm not giving free real estate advice here, but I'd probably wait a little bit, um, <laughs> potentially. Uh, but uh, yeah, man. Uh, it sounds like you're talking about the movie The Big Short right now. It's very similar. The Big Short's going to happen more on the commercial side. You're okay. going to see a lot of, um, well, I was talking to my buddy that works at Scotia Bank. He's like a level seven banker, and Jesus, he was telling me, you know, he he works in the online portion, and fifty yeah. percent of their staff is at home now. So what are you going to do with that office space? That office, oh, I never that thought office, of that. That office space no longer has a tenant anymore. Yeah. It's going to be sitting there empty. A lot of these commercial companies are, you know, in the, trouble. The, it's going to be more of a collapse on the commercial side than the residential side. I think the residential side's going to be fine overall. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it'll level out a bit and, and be fine. But I think the commercial side's going to... I'm not a commercial expert, so I don't know where the camera is, but... <laughs> um, <laughs> You're good. Um, <laughs> uh, but just from talking to other people and just, yeah. you know, being around the industry, it seems like that's where you're going to see more. Well, think of small businesses. Small businesses are screwed yeah. in, in many ways, right? A lot of small ones that were, you know, didn't have any money saved up. You know, they need people coming in and out. The restaurants operating at 50%. Yeah. They need it at 100, man. Yeah. You know, so it'll be, I don't want to say interesting. It'll, it's going to be rather shitty to see how it plays out, but. Um, hope for the best and keep working, man. That's all you can do. Keep yeah, working, man. keep your head up. Deeks, thanks for coming on, man. Thanks a lot, brother. Any plans the rest of the summer? You want to shout out anyone? Last one of the podcast is yours. You want to oh, thank shit. anyone, family, uh, friends, Steiny for straightening you out. Anything you thank well, anyone yeah. you want. Well, I always want to thank Steiny. He's got a, <laughs> he's got a, a soft spot in my heart. Um, but um, no, man, I just want to thank you for having me on. I, I think know. you're doing I think you're doing a really good thing. I know everybody that comes on here pumps your tires, but I think it's you're filling a void that you know, was greatly missed, I think, or has never been filled where, you know, talent around here, local, you could have local businesses on, you could have, you know, just kind of showing people what, you know, people are up to in Nova Scotia. I think that's pretty awesome. Um, Keep kicking ass. Everybody else, get to work. Um, I'm just going to be working all summer, man. I'm going to work all so here we go. I love it. All right, man. Thanks a lot. Enjoy the rest of your summer. Everyone else listening, thank you very much for tuning in. Yeah, and like I said to Deeks, enjoy the rest of your summer. Have fun, stay safe, wear a mask if you want. Get out of there. See ya. Later.